you start with something small. So I like to start with like, hey, you know, if I, if I could help you with whatever the biggest problem is, would you be interested, you know, in learning more about it, right? And then say like, look, here's an ebook we wrote about it. Provide an ebook that actually has value. And then a thank you page to the core offer because they're much more likely because of something called compliance psychology to take yeah. their core offer if they've taken the small offer. It's just exactly like, uh, like Trader Joe's does. You're listening to Real Marketing Real Fast, the only podcast that brings you unfiltered, undaunted, insider information on the latest tools and technologies for online marketers. Prepare to dive deep into marketing myths, breakthrough models, and cutting-edge strategies that will have an immediate impact on the growth of your business. And now, here's your host, marketing expert, Doug Morneau. Well, welcome back, listeners, to another episode of Real Marketing Real Fast. Today, we're going to talk about all things lead and sales generation. So our conversation is heavily focused on leads and conversions, and you're going to hear our guest talk about how clarity beats being clever, and we're going to talk about that in the uh, the realm of uh, pay-per-click advertising on uh, Google and Facebook and on LinkedIn. So our guest today in studio is Adam Lundquist. He is a Harvard-educated agency owner. He's also a former radio jock from Santa Barbara Radio. When Adam published one of his interviews on a then newly formed called YouTube, it became one of the first viral videos, sparking his interest in the power of the internet as well as internet marketing. Adam has been featured on traditional media like MTV, VH1, and the Best Damn Sports Show. He's taken his knowledge of traditional media and trans translated it into a successful new media as a featured author in Search Engine Journal, PPC Hero, and WordStream, amongst others. His company, Nerds Do It Better, consistently delivers paid search campaigns utilizing advanced statistical analysis developed at Harvard. With this uh, method, Adam and his team are able to remove inefficiencies in marketing and generate more customers on a constant basis in a cost-effective way. Now, I don't want this, uh, over, this description to scare you off. The conversation was very easy to understand. I think you're going to enjoy this conversation. So join me in welcoming Adam Lundquist to the Real Marketing Real Fast podcast today. Well, hey, Adam, super excited to have you on the Real Marketing Real Fast podcast today. So welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me. So at the beginning, before we started recording, uh, we had um, a brief uh, discussion and I, I like I like your attitude in terms of uh, digital media. So do you just want to share with our audience, um, you know, what, what you do? Sure. So what we do is we try and get people real world business results from the internet. And this might seem obvious, right? But a lot of times I'll have sales calls and people will be like, can you beat a thousand clicks last month? I'm like, yeah, with one sale. It's like a rock, paper, scissor. <laughs> yeah, so, Trump, oh, yeah, sales, Trump, clicks. Yeah. Like a lot of times people will come and you know say, oh, look, look at how many likes this person has or uh, how many retweets. And like, those are all things that yeah, they make you feel good, but and I, this is kind of salesy, but I always say it's like you can't pay the rent in likes. You can't pay your staff in likes. There, there has to be some sort of business to it or it doesn't even make sense to do. Yeah, absolutely. So what are the big challenges that you see with people that come to you with that attitude? Because I mean, everybody's got this microwave uh, mentality. It's like, hey, I'm going to set up a Facebook ad campaign or I'm going to hire an agency. I'm going to set up a PPC campaign. And by the end of the week, you know, I'm going to be just flooded with leads. So, you know, what, what challenges do you typically see when, when you first start talking to people? 
Yeah, so there's kind of two. There's the biggest one is the wrong offer at the wrong time. So I always think of it like, how would you behave in the real world, right? So if someone came into your store and you had a real store, would you go, hey, buy this right now? No, <laughs> probably not, because that would be insane and no one ever come back. But at the same time, if someone comes to your site and you just say, hey, buy this right now, so uh, come to a consult. Yeah. It's just not the it's not it's not the right thing at the right offer at the right time. And you need to match them. And I'm not saying you can't have a consult. And actually on your your homepage, the page that they go to, I think it actually makes sense to have a consult on that. But when you're talking about paid search, which is what I do, which is people coming from Facebook, AdWords, actually I've been recently running some LinkedIn campaigns which have been interesting. And you want to start with the right offer. So a lot of times it's a lower threat offer because while you may think that you're giving tons of value in these sales calls, yeah, you know, maybe you are, maybe you're not. But the way people see it is, oh, I don't want to jump on a sales call. I'm like, I'm sure you've been in the same situation, right? Where you're like, sure, I really don't want to do this. So I like to start with um, something like an ebook is usually pretty good. Or lately, I've been seeing interactive content um, perform a lot better. We do a lot of quizzes to start off. So as an example, because I do try to make this real world example, is we have a bunch of hormonal therapy doctors as clients, and Yes, maybe an ebook perhaps is interesting. That's like, you know, 10 reasons your hormones are out of balance. But it's much more interesting if you say, uh, hey, take this quiz and find out what's your risk of a hormonal imbalance. Now, you got to be careful because when you're talking about medical things, you can only say your risk is, you know, because you got to watch for a client's liability. But it's just sure. so much more interesting. It's not like I'm the person who figured this out. Like this. Cosmo magazine figured this out. Not that I read that, but figured this out years ago. Yeah, not that you've ever done the quiz before. No, I get that. No, but I mean, I I, I am such a Samantha apparently. But it, <laughs> it's like you know, how would you want to? How would you want to interact? Is what you think of it. So that's the first big issue that I see people have, and the second one is kind of a combination of thinking that the internet is magic and thinking that it's horrible. So they seem like two extremes, but I talk to people a lot, a lot actually. And they'll either say, look, I tried Facebook, it didn't work. Okay. Or they'll uh, come to me and they'll be like, well, um, you know, I want to spend about $3 a day and I'd like to make, uh, you know, 10,000. Now, I think a lot of this has to do with... Um, you can't do that? Okay. Well, thanks for speaking with us today. We're going to know. Yeah. I think a lot of this has to do with how Google positions themselves. And also, a lot of this is residual. Like At some point, before I even started, I think clicks were really cheap. They might have been five or six cents a click. But I can tell you that they're not now. And the clicks you do get for five or six cents, I mean, they're not going to be good clicks. Like I said, you can't pay the rent in clicks. And the other option is uh, people say, look, I tried Facebook. But that's like, you know, like you're saying, look, I've tried business. Like it's such a wide, wide swath. Like, did you try it correctly? How was your tracking? Did you actually have a funnel? Like there's so many different ways you can slice it and dice it. Like was your audience correct? So a lot of times- No, no, I just boosted a post and I didn't get millions of sales. Why not? Right. Or people think, can you make this go viral? And there are companies that can help with that. Sure. But like the example I have uh, that I always use because it's just, it, I always think about this, is I had a company that was kind of like a Groupon for braces. And they had a video that explained it. And they were like, can you make this go viral? I was like, there's not like a viral button I can press that like <laughs> is going to make everyone share like, whoa, braces and a group discount. I better, like it, you, it's, it's just like, it's like the real world, except you can scale much faster.
Right. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's, it's interesting watching and, and it's changing. I mean, I think that's what people forget as well. It's like, well, I tried Facebook. Well, when did you try it? You know, and you're watching everyone, like you mentioned LinkedIn, you're watching the big rush now to LinkedIn saying that LinkedIn is the new Facebook for business because the, you know, so, you know, people, people follow this herd mentality and to use Gary Vaynerchuk's words, marketers will go in there and screw it up as well. And the oh, cost will go well. up. <laughs> <laughs> but LinkedIn, I mean, LinkedIn is another really good example. So, even if you just say you used, you tried LinkedIn, right? Like, like, oh, I tried LinkedIn and it didn't work. You can't just go up to people and be like, hey, I want your business. Like, that's just never going to work in a million years. I like LinkedIn because um, what the the part of LinkedIn I like is called InMail, which means you use sponsored mail yep. to reach a really targeted audience. So right now I'm going after a couple more divorce lawyers. So I can target lawyers who are divorce lawyers who are owners of a firm, which is a pretty small alpha, but I don't need yeah. like a thousand clients. And then with InMail, you you don't run into deliverability issues. And I know your audience is at least somewhat educated in this kind of stuff. You know, if you send emails, you're going to run into these insane deliverability issues. You might end up in the spam column. There's all sorts of just stuff where like, I'm not a particularly an email marketer. I do it a little bit, but with this, I mean, you have 100% deliverability and then you can track them for what they do on your site. LinkedIn actually has a really good pixel because they can, the data that they tell you is different than the data that analytics will tell you. Like they'll tell you jobs and that kind of thing. It's really, uh, it's really amazing actually. It's worth installing even if you don't run ads on it. Well, it's interesting because like, you know, that LinkedIn's come a long ways as a, as an example of a, a platform that's transformed. So LinkedIn a year ago is so much different than it is today. And LinkedIn five years ago was a totally different beast than it is today. So to so your point, hey, I tried LinkedIn 10 years ago and it didn't work. Well, you, you think they might have improved um, since you were last yeah. on LinkedIn. Are there some more features? Is there more functionality? Is there a better way to reach your audience? And the answer to all of those is yes. And is there a better offer? Like I, so I'm not sure when this episode is going to air, but very recently, unless it airs in the next couple of years, I just wrote a post about on this about in a search engine journal. So you don't want to just come out with this insane offer. See, what you want to do is if you have a core offer, which is in my case, I do so much lead gen is almost always a consult, whether it's for a lawyer or whatever, it starts small. Uh, it's kind of the boiling frog idea. We, yep. It wasn't like a frog doesn't know it's boiled. Oh, why you would ever boil a frog is beyond me. But you you start with something small. So I like to start with like, hey, you know, if, if I could help you with whatever the biggest problem is, would you be interested, you know, in learning more about it, right? And then say like, look, here's an ebook we wrote about it. Provide an ebook that actually has value. And then a thank you page to the core offer because they're much more likely because of something called compliance psychology to take yep. their core offer if they've taken the small offer. It's just exactly like uh, like Trader Joe's does. I'm over here in London, so we don't have Trader Joe's, but if we did, it'd be like Trader Nigel's. But they give you like a, <laughs> a little sample and you're much more likely to buy sure. the, the product. Like it's, it's just... It's just, I would say common sense, except it's not. Like, it's like you have to think about this a couple layers. So, do you want to explain to the audience what uh, compliance thinking is? Yeah. So, there's a book I really enjoy called, well, I just forgot it. It's by C.L. Dini, Principles of Influence. And um, what they're saying is if you do some small step, you're much more likely to then take the next bigger step. Some people call it yes laddering. And it, it works in a lot of really interesting ways. So Cialdini, he wrote the book because he's kind of a sap and it always fell for things. He's a professor out of Arizona. And he started going around with people who basically sold things like encyclopedia salesmen. It was like the 80s. And 
he would go and he found that if people put a sign in their yard that said, we are concerned citizens or something like that, or keep this neighborhood beautiful, they would be much more likely to willing to put up an entire billboard, which is crazy. Yeah. But yeah. I also see it. I found, um, I follow habits a lot. And there's an interesting researcher out of uh, Stanford named BJ Fogg, who talks about tiny habits where, and like, if you think about it, this, it kind of makes sense. If you floss one tooth, you're statistically much more likely to floss your whole mouth. But it's that first <laughs> tooth that's hard to floss. Sure. That's funny. Yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, I love that kind of stuff. The stuff that is human psychology and that's going to last forever. Like that stuff really interests me. Probably because I fall for it all times. I mean, like, I I had Reebok pump shoes growing up, and I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to blow your mind, but I didn't make the NBA. Like I fell for it all. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I had read, I had heard about that study about the uh, about the the small sign, and and they had given an example once before of just a small, uh, even a small sticker on the window saying, "I support my community," because their intention was to come back later and be able to put billboards up in, like you said, in those, those, those homes for, um, I can't remember what it was, rezoning or something to do. Yeah. But yeah, it was, so it was one small step and it's like a yes. And it was an easy yes, because of course I support my community. So I'm willing to put that up. So in terms of marketing, so how do, how do we make that happen in our marketing? So can you break it down a, a little bit? Because, you know, I see exactly what you're, you're talking about. Often it's like, hey, buy my stuff, buy my stuff, buy my stuff. And I'm thinking, I don't know you. You don't know what my problem is. I got a connection on LinkedIn today. I'm not going to tell you who the person is. And they reached out and they said, hey, I connected with you because I'm happy c to connect with other veterans. So while I support veterans, I'm not a veteran. And clearly they missed the mark. I get, you know, people connect to me on LinkedIn. Hey, I'm a marketing professional. I work with lawyers. It's like, do I look like a lawyer? <laughs> yeah. Clearly people are, are not doing the research. They're just bulk sending, which, which is, you know, a whole nother topic. So how do you start by getting people to make that one small commitment so they'll make the next commitment? Yeah. Well, just on that note, it was my birthday recently and I got one that was like, hey, happy birthday. Would you like to do a consultation? Mark, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, so I funny. would say you want to start with a small well, so think of it like people raising their hand and saying they're interested. So first you got to have like a really good offer. You know, whether it's an ebook or an interactive quiz or something that actually provides value. So uh sometimes people get hung up on this because when I do these shows, I do end up getting a whole bunch of emails. Like it's not that the quiz itself is what does it. It's not that you have a 10-page ebook versus a 12-page ebook. It's that you've solved some sort of problem for them. So think of the stuff that you've downloaded or given your email to. It, I'm sure it solves some sort of problem. Now in Facebook or LinkedIn or what's called the Google Display Network, you're not actively researching these things. So this is a, a something to think about too is network by network. So I think I said I have a bunch of like divorce lawyers as clients. So nobody's on Facebook like thinking about getting a divorce next month. Like that's just never going to happen in a million years and you couldn't target them anyway. But people are- Oh, I have seen people posting angry posts about their exes on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, that is true. <laughs> so I maybe the lawyer should be there looking for clients. I've had enough of these conversations with him to <laughs> tell you that the volume isn't there. But you can't target about what people type anyway. But you can in Google. So people type in, you know, how to keep money for my wife. I mean, there's a lot like there's a lot of stuff that uh I'm not gonna say <laughs> Okay, I don't want I don't want to know all those I'm afraid to ask. Oh man, you have no idea. Like I have a bunch of those. I have the hormonal therapy doctors, I had an erectile dysfunction doctor. Like people are they ask some crazy stuff on the internet. <laughs> so think about what your offer is. So if it's a hot hot lead. So you, I mean, let's just stick with the lawyers. So I have DUI lawyers. You know, if someone types in how to beat a DUI, they don't want a wacky ebook about like 10 funny ways to beat a DUI. They want to talk to a lawyer yesterday. But yeah. if somebody's on um, 
Facebook, and let's just say you offer. I'm trying to think of something you might offer. Um, I've a, I had a bunch of roofing clients. You're not just going to buy a roof online. Like that's just not going to happen on Facebook, especially when you're not looking for it. But in the winter, in certain places, we offered uh, an ebook that was basically like how to weatherproof your roof, or it was something along those lines. Yep. And people would download it, so which then puts in your email address into the company's whatever the email service provider is. Um, doesn't matter to me, whatever it is. But now they have that. And there are a couple of things you can do with that to move them along the funnel. The first is you can create audiences in other networks. You can upload email addresses and you can create an audience in AdWords is probably the biggest one. Ad rules, kind of the overarching one and uh, Twitter. And you can, you know, those ads that follow you around, that's kind of where they come from. Secondly, why would you not reach out to them for the email? And actually, so I, I guess something to think about too is... What do you want to say in the email? So I can tell you a couple examples I see of what not to say, and I'll give you some to say. So if you're a really big company, and some of my clients are, like it's tough to personalize every email, but don't make it about all about your company. Like no one cares that's like wacky Hawaiian shirt Friday. Like nobody cares. I can tell you that a hundred percent nobody cares. This is an office space. <laughs> they have a million emails coming in, like nobody cares. So just Know that immediately. Yeah. But if you're a smaller company, I don't see any reason why not to reach out to them personally and see how you can help them. So like the roofers, you know, they were all kind of local roofers and most of my lawyers are local lawyers. Like there's no reason, well, with lawyers, you got to be a little more careful with this stuff. But if you're a, a, a company that's not going to run some sort of weird compliance issues legally, you can reach out to people and say, hey, look, like I noticed you downloaded our ebook. Like, is there anything we can help you with? Or you can just continue to provide actual value. So instead of just sell, 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 you want to provide value up front. And if you can make that personal connection, it's going to go a really long way, especially if you do end up doing a sales call. Because like I talked about the business value of it, getting a link isn't the goal, getting a click isn't the goal. Even getting a lead isn't necessarily the goal because I'll tell you, if you don't set it up right, people aren't going to come to your sales calls. Like That's 100% true. And it's something I learned the hard way years ago and I was just blocking out huge chunks of time. And I was like, well, just, just add them here. A good tip for that is to set your sales call calendar on basically a two or three day alpha. So um, they can book three days out because I found generally anything after three days, people are like, who are you again? Right. Yeah. They forget. Yeah. They definitely forget. And so speed's a huge thing. And I know I'm kind of going off on tangent here, but I'm, I want to provide as much value as possible here. So you are the most important person to you. There's no doubt about that, but you are not the most important person to all your prospects. So if they download an ebook, one, they very likely won't read it. That happens often if you do click tracking. Yeah. And two, like they don't really like it's not there. It's not the end all be all to them. And the I kind of think of it like a half life, like you know, like nuclear waste. I guess it is. Yep. Where like it, it degrades. So the faster you can get to them, the better. Some good ways to do this are to encourage phone calls. If you can take phone calls on the AdWords network, you can have direct links to phone calls on cell phones on. Facebook or anything on the web, I find chat to be really helpful. So none of these companies I'm mentioning, I don't get a cut of any of them or anything. I just think they're good companies. I use Drift for that. They have a good little chat bot. And you can also use Drift for scheduling, which I'm going to be starting to experiment a bit with. But it's just a lower bar. Like It's just much easier to talk to someone online or chat because that's how... I mean, I'm not a millennial. I'm like 30, 37. Yeah, I, got, I did just have a birthday there. <laughs> but these millennials grew up with uh, yeah, yeah. chat. They're always chatting with their friends. They're always chatting. So for them, it's no thing. 
And it's much- Chat, chat and text for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is, a I, I actually prefer it myself. But so this prevents them from having to go and have a huge conversation. It also helps you as a business overcome objections and not deal with the wrong customers. So you'll you'll find for sure, especially when you're starting, that your lead quality isn't going to be great. Like that's just the nature of starting it and also kind of the nature of people. Like I would say not the majority of people are awesome. So, you know, you <laughs> want to be talking to these people and asking the questions. Like the, you got to remember you, your time is extremely valuable as a business person. Like it's kind of the one thing you can't get back. So anything you can do to, I, I hate to say it, but I can't think of another way to say it, is like weed out the bad leads. Like, cause no, I mean, that's what you're doing. You're qualifying, right? Yeah. You know, but and there's nothing bad about that because you think about it. If somebody's not a good lead for you, then you're probably not a good fit for them either. So you're saving them time. Yeah. And in most businesses, churn is the biggest pain. Like I hate churn myself. Like if you bring on someone and they suck for your business, it's going to be nothing but a headache. It is going to be nothing but a headache. Yeah, absolutely. So let me ask you a question. Have you ever bought an online course or training and, and not used it? No, but that's because I'm kind of crazy about education. So whenever I buy an online course, I go through it completely. And actually what ends up usually happening is the teachers become my clients because they see the stats. And that's not like a bragging thing. That's like a, yeah. I take education so seriously because I'm running an agency. Like All I have is my knowledge. It's not like in feudal right. times where I could be like, well, I've got a huge farm and this will last for many, many generations. <laughs> like, I better stay on top of this. Let's say you get a small farm. Is you buy a really big farm, you wait five years and you have a small farm. Yeah, with my farm, it would be for sure. So no, I generally go through it and I almost always buy the, if they offer it, the, um, the upsells because for me, it's so valuable. I take, take about a course a quarter and my schedule is I get in the office around 5 a.m. and do uh, two hours of learning every morning. I, I read a ton online and I read a book a month and I probably subscribe to an online course a month, uh, at least one a month. And I have to admit there's courses that I've bought that I've never opened. So the, my question really was, was uh, you know, as you were talking about people not reading your ebook, I started thinking that, you know, as marketers, we think, hey, we have this great ebook and we're going to give it away for free and people are going to love it. And then you hear speakers say that people pay attention to what they pay for. So in, in my case, because I, like you, I love to learn. And so I probably buy more than I can handle. And I have more books on my desk that I bought than I can read in a month. So if I'm paying for something, I'm not going to read it. How compelling must your offer and your free ebook be to convince me to read it? Well, that's why quizzes are so good is because you're not sending them something where they're going to open it in the mail later. They start clicking and it's again, compliance psychology. And actually, like just on the back end, almost the first questions almost never matter. They usually just to get you going. So if it says like, are you a man or a woman? They're often not scored. I've run, I run some pretty big uh, campaigns with that. And, you know, as long as you provide value in the end, which really it is just down to like two or three questions and, and solve something immediately, yeah. people will pay attention. And actually, that's kind of Google's whole um, business when they were coming up. People were like, well, how are you going to make money? And the guys were like, I'm not going to do their accent because I'm not good at accents. But they were like, um, <laughs> you know, we don't know, but we know one thing for sure is that when those results come up, we have their undivided attention. And that's why we're going to be one of the biggest companies in the world. Sure. And that's exactly it. So that's why I am so focused on things like the thank you page, because you know, you, I mean, you don't know what happens when it goes in the inbox. It's, it's tough to track as it is. But you know it to say the end of a quiz that you have their undivided attention. Like that, they're going to be looking at it. So things that you can do, and the same with chat. Like you may not have their undivided attention at their time, but at least you have their attention. Yeah. 
No, that's true. I mean, you have more of my attention for sure. I mean, lots of times I'll tune into a webinar and I'll treat it like a podcast. I don't need to see the slides. I'm going to listen to it, but I'm going to work at the same time. But if I'm on chat, I'm pretty much paying attention because it's a back and forth conversation. Yeah. And it's much more human oriented. Like they, I, I mean, I have a chat bot on myself on my site, but I'm also on the other side of the world for most of my clients. I'm in London and most of my clients are pretty much all of them are in the US right now because we don't have to deal with GDPR nonsense, which is uh, some protection law here. <laughs> but like anytime you can humanize something, it really does go a long way within the sales process. So as an example, I found that and like, I, you guys didn't know this would be a whole episode about sales. Uh, I found that if I do, say, a Zoom call where people can see me, they're much more likely to purchase than a phone call. Like, it's just the nature of the medium. Yeah, no different than us meeting face-to-face and sitting down having a beer or having a cup of coffee. I'm more likely to do business with you because we've got that uh, deeper bond than just an email or text message. Yes, exactly it. So, if you can do, if you can mix and match those kind of things, it kind of blows people's minds. Like, I know uh, one of my friends runs a really big agency and it's all online, but when... I forget if it's a client hits a certain amount of revenue or if they, whatever it is, but he has a company that sends them physical like Starbucks gift cards and it blows their mind. But it's, you know, it's kind of just about mixing it and uh, matching it a little bit and just making, making the customer happy. Well, it's funny because I've got a couple of new clients that I'm working with now working back in the direct mail space. And I said, if you really want to blow people away when you meet someone at a business or networking event, just hand write them a note that doesn't talk about you. Hey, you know, Adam, it was great to meet you at the DMA in London. Great conversation. Really love what you're doing. You know, let me know how I can refer clients to you and just put a stamp on it. I said, I get people to phone me as if I sent them a gift. Yeah. And all I've done was send them a handwritten note that took a couple minutes and put a stamp on it because it's it's personal, it's out of the ordinary, and you rise to the top of their attention. Yeah. I mean, it makes a huge difference. And even like personalizing an email, like the little things like that, like how you said the spammers, they they ruin everything and they're like, hey, you know, <laughs> you're a veteran and you're not. So it's like, does this person know anything about me? What is the point of even sending me this message? And they think that through volume, they're going to get, you know, they're basically like carpet bombing. They're going to get something and maybe they will, but I mean, it's just such an inefficient use of your time and resources that it, I just can't imagine that being a profitable venture, right? I guess. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to start, I'm going to start a new campaign to help people that have bad PR people. So I got a pitch today from a PR company in Agora Hills, California. I'm not going to tell you the name of the company or their client, but they pitched me their, their client to be a podcast guest to talk about, can you learn to see sources of illness and pain? So I don't know, um, you're a pretty smart guy. It doesn't sound like a good fit for my podcast. No, but why don't you have money to screw with them? <laughs> I, don't want to, I don't want to waste. I want to send them a note saying, you know, to to their client saying your PR person is pitching marketing people to take you as a guest. So if you're not getting results, um, there, there may be a reason. Yeah, I mean, I, so, I mean, your audience doesn't know us, but on the other side of this, I was uh, that was my old job as a radio show host in uh, Santa Barbara, a morning show host, like a shock jock for like I don't know, I guess ten years. But um, and we get pitched the craziest things, and because people don't know what they're doing. We ended up getting some like really big people. We got like Hillary Clinton on and just like a ton of people. But like these PR agencies are kind of, they call it spray and pray too, where they're just like, well, send it to a lot of people, probably good. Yeah, like, right. Eh. And I'm, so I'm not picking on them because you know, I, I know we've done the same thing. So it's really about, like you said, getting intentional with your message, who you want to connect with, and then putting a relevant offer in front of them. 
So maybe that'll let us transition into one of your superpowers, and that's how to write highly high quality ads that are guaranteed clickable. Yeah. So the the biggest thing when you're writing, so let's say you've got your strategy set and you then have your offer, which matches your uh, audience. You, you really only have to do two things. You have to arouse curiosity and you have to be clear. And they don't both have to be there, but one of those two does. And I'm sure we've all seen ads on Facebook where you're like, what the hell is this person talking about? And they're like, <laughs> yeah. it's full of jargon. It's like, well, cost per click. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, this person, this makes no sense at all. Or you have something that's just so bland that nobody cares at all. So a little bit of it is experimenting and a lot of it is, again, matching the, the audience. So like, just as an example, like with these divorce lawyers, we're talking clarity here. We're not, yep. we're not like, what is the one mysterious trick that's going to save your marriage? Like, no, that would, that would never, one, that would never get approved, but two, that's ridiculous. So that makes a huge difference on the ads. And that also makes a huge difference on what's called the landing page, which is the page they go after to. Now on a more granular level, if you want a very clickable ad in AdWords, which is when you search a keyword and an ad comes up, the most important thing for that is actually what's called message match. So I'm not going to get too deep in the weeds here, but your keywords that you tell Google to show, that you want to show for are not actually what people type in. What people type in are called search queries. So I might have a keyword that is DUI lawyer, and someone may type in cool shows about lawyers. Now, there are different what are called match types to make it more restrictive or wider, I guess is the word. But the way Google has it set up, if you don't do anything, is you're going to have the widest net possible. Yep. So often, your ads don't match up with what people type in. So I recommend always looking at what's called the search query report. I actually have on my site, nerdsdoitbetter.com, blog somewhere, and there's like difference between search queries and keywords, something along those lines. But you look at your search query report, and if there's something that doesn't match, you add as what's called a negative. And if it does, you create what's called a single keyword ad group, which is just your one keyword, basically in broad match modifier, to an ad. And the reason I bring all this up, because if you want to have a clickable ad, is if it was, say, uh, I don't know, what city are you out of? Vancouver. Ah, Vancouver. Cool. Say you have Vancouver DUI lawyer is your ad. You want that in the headline because it'll bold it. You want Vancouver DUI lawyer in your copy, line one or two. And you also want it in what's called the display URL, which is the URL that the website that AdWords shows, but it's not necessarily the one it goes to. So that's kind of like a, a mask, I guess I would say. But you can do that. So in AdWords, that is the most important is message match. Yep. So that's why we try to make it as tight as possible. Yeah. In Facebook, that's more like we said, raising curiosity is one option, or being very clear. And if you raise curiosity, you better you better answer it. So I mean, I've seen these things that are like, what is the one magical trick to get, you know, whatever. If you don't answer that, Facebook's going to have you as a spammer, and your uh, your ads are going to get banned. Like, so I would say, don't be too markety with it. But if you have something that's can raise curiosity. I'm trying to think of like a good example, but it's like a, a good one that I've seen is like how I did X, Y, Z. And then you really show them. That's interesting. Like for me, it'd be like if someone was like, I don't know, I'm trying to think of something I'm trying to do. Like if I was like- Yeah, how I, how I built my business on, uh, on pay-per-click ads. Right. Yeah. Or even if you can get more specific, uh, things that are concrete really make a huge difference, but you have to back it up. So you can't say on Facebook, here's how you make $3,000 in a day. Right. You absolutely cannot say that. You're going to get banned. Yeah. 
But you can say, here's how I made $3,000 in a day. So concrete numbers really make a huge difference for that as well. I think I have an article around somewhere in PPC Hero about using concrete numbers with some really good examples because you see a lot of people say like, hey, we're number one. Well, that doesn't mean anything. But if you say something like, hey, we have a 98% customer satisfaction rating on whatever it is, that does mean something and that does move the needle. Yeah. No, absolutely. So in terms of setting that up, I mean, um, what sort of direction do you give your clients in terms of flow? Because I've seen people do some really bad jobs where the the ad doesn't necessarily match the landing page. The landing page doesn't go to a thank you page and there is no follow up email. So those are you know things to not do. So, you know, how do you walk people through the transition from, OK, get attention, like you said, arouse curiosity and be clear. And hopefully that generates to click. And then the next thing is landing page. And what's the next step on the landing page? So, I mean, it, it depends a bit on the funnel itself, but if we're sticking with the AdWords example, uh, this is where the power of the internet comes in. So, you can do something called dynamic keyword insertion in your ads, which means that whatever the search query is, that will appear in the ad. So, again, we'll stick with Vancouver DUI Lawyer. Someone types that and that's going to appear in both my headline and my display URL and in the... Um, in the copy. Whereas if, I don't even know if you guys have OUIs there. In California, they call them wet and reckless. But if you have a wet and reckless <laughs> lawyer, yeah, that will show in the ad too. Now, what I do is I have those push the actual search query into a landing page, which is the next page it goes to. So that's always in the headline. Now, you have to be careful with negatives because, I mean, I'll just give you an example. Like I have a lot of lawyers, like I was saying. So you can't say anything as a lawyer that uh, you can't verify because you'll get disbarred. So you and you'll probably see this, but you really can't do it. Like, say, best DUI lawyer. Like, you really- Yeah, prove that. I have taken over enough <laughs> accounts where I'm like, you, this last company was going to get you disbarred. Like, you, if not, I just earned my pay right yeah. there. But that, so that's how I push it through if it's an AdWords thing. So I want the search query to match every everything it can. As far as emails, I don't do the emails for clients. But again, that depends a little bit on what it is too. So if it's a quiz, I like to have the quiz results sent to the user. You know, this is, and then again, that makes it more interesting. So you know, you have a you're at a high risk for hormonal imbalance. Here are a couple things you can do to help with it. If you'd like a little more information, you know, you can come to this consult. And then you really have to sell the consult as well because, I mean, a lot of these, at least for me, I have clients that are tough to get consults for. Like, no one wants to see a hormonal therapy doctor. No one wants to see a divorce lawyer. I have a bunch of dental implants clients. Like, that. these are not like uh, fun things people want to go to. But so, it really depends on what it is. But I would say the match is the most important part for the keywords. But the second part, again, is clarity. So if someone can't tell what your landing page is about within five seconds, then or what the benefit is, then it's too con- it's too convoluted. Um, there are some exceptions where keywords and jargons, if you're reaching a very technical audience, but generally it's not the case. So clarity will beat cleverness every time. So don't you know? Oh, I, oh, I like I like that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm gonna I'm gonna steal that clarity because I look at all these ads. There are lots of ads on TV, and I'm thinking. So I said to my wife, "What was that ad about?" Like that was a really cool ad, but what what are they what were they selling? Um, so there's no clarity, but it was cool. Yeah, I mean, I remember there was one. that was like, we don't make the boats, we make the the rudders that the boats run on. Like we don't make the vests, we make the zippers. And I was like, what was that? Wow, yeah. <laughs> what do you want me to do with that? Like well, that was the craziest yeah. ad ever. <laughs> yeah, but you know, like if it, it's like when you study this stuff, and I study it all the time, the one they always talk about is. Um, the Domino's pizza ad, which is you'll have a hot, fresh, ready pizza in 30 minutes or less or it's free. 
When that's yeah. unbeatable. That's crystal clear, and it does something called a risk reversal, which I, I'm a huge fan of, um, which is you know a guarantee or a uh, anything you can do to lower the risk payment plan. Those kind of things make a difference. And I know you had I actually asked about um, courses. I, I do have a bunch of clients who sell courses, and we find risk reversals are really key to it. But you have to make sure that they're good for you as a business as well. So what I always recommend is that you say, if you do everything, you will get this result, and then they have to prove it. Yep. Because if someone buys a course and it doesn't work, and they don't do anything, then you're going to get slammed with these refund fees, and credit card processors will stop processing you. That's right. Yep. Well, that's really cool. So on the uh, landing page, I, I haven't heard anyone talk about, or not landing page, rather the thank you pages before. So what's your secret formula for or where we're stealing all your good information today? For people that have a thank you page, so instead of just saying, hey, thank you, share this with your friends, what are you typically finding works best for you? Sure. So we'll, we'll put this in the show notes, perhaps. I have a search engine journal article that gives it step by step. But as long as people are listening, I'll tell you exactly what it is. So let's just say they've downloaded an ebook, right? Yeah. First, you want to orient them. So you want to say, hey, look, your ebook's in the mail. It'll be there in the mail. Uh, your ebook it will be in your inbox in five minutes. But in the meantime, watch this video too, and it has to be something related to what it is. So in this case, we'll say it's about roofing again. You know, Watch this video to find some new ways uh, to help you keep your roof intact. I don't know. It'd be better if it wasn't like 6 p.m. here. But then you put a, a nice video sales letter. And again, we're talking about the medium. So you, you want to really, in most verticals, be out there. So have you as a talking head, but not like uh, not super polished, unless again, you're in a vertical where it needs to be, but we're talking about roofing, it doesn't make any sense for it. Introduce yourself, make a nice connection. And then the button, which is under it, which is your call to action, is going to be one of the most important parts. So right now, you've told them where they are, you've told them why they want to watch this video. As a tiny hint, you always want to make sure your video is captioned because most people do watch videos with the sound off, just majority of it. And then your button. You don't ever want your button to say submit. Like that is, oh boy, that gets <laughs> that gets the old, uh, that gets me grizzled. You want to, what is the main benefit of it? You know, it's not, a book of consultation is not really all that interesting either. So maybe it's, a, I don't know, learn how to keep snow off your roof. Whatever it is, you want to have that button, be your call to action button, be what is the main benefit of that. So that's, I mean, that's really it. And then under that, I usually put a couple bullet points because it, people don't really read as much as you would imagine they do. They kind of skim. So you put bullet points, yeah. you put the benefits of what it is. So, um, well, that's what I liked about your website. It was very easy when I pulled up your homepage that says, you know, talking about businesses, we create marketing uh, campaigns that generate business results. So, you know, this the way you laid out the we create marketing plans and the big bold is business results. And I look and there's six big buttons that I can see from a mile away, methodology technology, predictable results, fast speed. So as a type A personality, I'm going to skim through this and scroll to the bottom and look for the PS. Um, so it's very easy to see. And for the analytical people, if they want, they can dig in and obviously read deeper. And everyone does skim it. Like, I'm not that important. <laughs> like, I'm important to me. But like, I know this. Like, and like, and a homepage, which is what you're talking about, like, that's like someone seriously coming to you. Like, that's not a, that's not an ad. You know, a landing page, people are going to care even less. Like, you need to get to that point immediately. So, one one really good thing that I I always try to think about is um, you versus uh, me messages. So, in my my case, it's not a perfect example because it 
I found that the main issue people were having was business leads. But if it was just like, hey, uh, we've been here for a lot of years, that's a real me message. But a message that reaches the person about what, what they can expect is a you message. That makes a difference. And then the other one is, uh, it's called the inverted pyramid. Uh, my old radio boss would love that I still remember this. But <laughs> it's, it's how newspapers write as well. So your headline and your first sentence need to be the most interesting possible thing that you have, yeah. whatever that main benefit is. And it's the same in any situation where I've had this happen where clients are like, oh, you wait till we get to the end of this video. I can tell you no one's going to get to the end of the video. You need to have the most important, best part first, and people will stay with you. Nope. That makes sense. I mean, if you think about it from a, from my side, from an email marketing campaign, if I'm sending it out, the subject line only has one goal and that's to get you to open the email. So if it's not interesting, um, I'm not going to open the email. So if I said, hey, you know, all the good, like you said, all the good stuff's at the bottom of 500 pages, I'm just not going to read it. Yeah. I mean, you're not the sixth sense. Like people aren't like, they were dead the whole, no, they're going to watch the first three seconds. Even like if someone I know and really care about sends me a video and it's like 20 minutes long, I'm like, well, never watching that video. Like it needs to be interesting immediately. I actually read an interesting report about how this is affecting the music industry where like if you listen to say a, a U2 song, like they used to have long intros, like really long intros, but now songs get to the hook way quicker because you know, you get paid on a essentially listens of over 30 seconds, I think it is. And if you're not catching people immediately, they're gone. Yep. And that's just the world we live in. I mean, we live in a Tinder world. Like, And you know, some people say it's bad. Some people say it's good. For me, it just is. Like, it, you know, If you don't like the first bite of the sandwich, you're not coming back to the place. Yeah, that's so true. Well, that's really cool. I really love this conversation and I could spend uh, just a really long time talking to you about what you're doing because I think it's really brilliant and you t- have a you know a, a different approach than a lot of other people have talked to in the PPC space or in the um, advertising space. So lots of great points here, like the idea of uh, you know curiosity be clear and also taking advantage of of people while you have their full attention with the thank you page. That's a brilliant that's a brilliant uh, bit of insight. Yeah, well, no, it's been uh, it's been really fun being a guest here. You're you're easy to talk to. Well, that, 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 that's helpful. Like you said, uh, you know, at, uh, someone that you wouldn't want to walk by or, or hide from in Starbucks. So that's my goal is to be, uh, to be friendly and open and have a great conversation and, and interview really smart people. I mean, that's really the goal of the podcast is to introduce people like you to my audience and educate them. So with that being said, I want to ask you two really tough questions. And the first one is, who's one guest uh, that I absolutely have to have on my podcast? I think a really good person is uh, Sarah Noked. She's out of Israel. She's one of my clients, but actually she was originally one of my teachers. She teaches about systems. I think she's just amazing. Uh, she is a client, but it's not going to get a cut if you guys go there. She teaches all about systems and she actually uh, helped me out a lot with systems. I was at a point where one problem I don't have as a marketer is getting clients. So I ran to a point where <laughs> I had too many people coming in and I was working. I mean, you know, like I said, I get here at five or six in the morning. I was working like five to nine and I was just, I was stressed. And I came across her. I don't even remember how I came across her. Awesome. And she'd be an awesome guest too. So I, th- I really recommend Sarah Noked. Well, it'd be amazing if you could uh, make an introduction for us. Yeah, happy to. And then uh, the most important question of the day is, so Adam, where can people track you down and learn more about what you're doing and and uh, see if you're a fit and uh, experience your really cool website and book a free consultation? Sure. So you can uh, always reach out to me on the site. Um, I do answer all the emails 
or you could hit me up on Adam Lundquist on Twitter. And also, I'm going to be doing uh, quite a bit of writing. Like I said, Sarah helped me with the system so I can get back to publicity. There you go. Uh, I have articles coming out in Drift, Search Engine Journal, PPC Hero. Oh, boy. A couple more who I do care about, but I just cannot remember at this exact moment. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I would say Twitter is probably the best way to do it, at Adam Lundquist, uh, or nerds do it better. Okay. Sounds good. And um, yeah, if you want to shoot me a link to the article that you wrote for, whether I would you say it was Search Engine Journal or PPC Hero um, that walks through the steps, I'll make sure we link that in the show notes. Absolutely. Well, thanks again. Appreciate your time. Like you said, it's late in the evening for you. It's uh, kind of mid-morning for me, so it was great to connect. Great to have a conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime. So there you go, listeners. I hope you pulled some information. I've got uh, a page of notes here. This uh, I think Adam shared some really cool stuff, um, like his insight, liked his website, have uh, been through all the social media sites, lots of content, lots of information. I would encourage you to, when the show is um, out and published, obviously, you'll be able to go through the show notes and see all those links. So I just want to thank Adam for sharing with us. And uh, we're so happy that you listened to us today and look forward to serving you on our next episode. That's all for this episode of Real Mark. Marketing real fast. Now it's time to take your marketing to the next level by visiting DougMorneau.com and downloading our advanced marketing white papers, as well as exclusive resources based on today's episode. That's DougMorneau.com. Until next time, we look forward to serving you right here on Real Marketing Real Fast.